Well, again, happy Mother's Day to the moms out there. And as I said at the very beginning of the service, uh, one of the things that we do on this day each year is launch the, the baby bottle campaign from uh, Mother's Day to Father's Day in support of CareNet uh, Pregnancy uh, Center. And, and one of the services that CareNet or Bethany or uh, Hope Pregnancy Center just up the street on Jamestown Road, uh, one of the services that they offer, like uh, any OB office, is they offer ultrasounds. Now, some of you have seen ultrasounds before. My first time was when we were expecting our first. I had never seen one, and it was amazing, uh, amazing to see. Uh, just when Heather was pregnant, getting to see each of our children on the inside before I got to see them on the outside, and to, to watch as these uh, medical technicians cared and evaluated this little body and how it was relating to all the individual members. Uh, just fascinating. Here, this little person developing and growing in the womb to see a body, to see the members, fingers, toes, and, and, and looking the, at the head and seeing the eyes and the nose and the mouth. Uh, so I still uh, just love thinking back uh, to those moments of seeing life. And if you have been around the church for a while, then most likely you are familiar with something that the Apostle Paul uh, likes to do. And that is that he often likens the body of Christ to the physical human body. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Our text this morning is Romans chapter 12, uh, verses 3 through the first part of verse 6. And if you're using the Bible under the chair in front of you, uh, you should find that on page 948, Romans chapter 12. But before we hear this part of God's word, uh, let's take a moment to go to him in prayer. And so we do come before you, our good and gracious God, and we thank you this day uh, for creating us, for creating each of us uniquely as individuals, for redeeming us in our, our sin and brokenness, and for recreating us, for grafting us into the body of Christ. And so we would pray now that you would speak to us through your word, by the power of your spirit, that we might see Jesus who holds us all together, and in whose name we pray. Amen. And so, Romans chapter 12, uh, beginning with verse 3. Hear the word of God. For by the grace given to me, I, Paul, say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. And having gifts that differ, according to the grace given to us, let us use them. This is God's word. 
Well, so what we're going to do today through this passage is we're going to do an ultrasound of sorts, an ultrasound on the church. And what I mean by that is we're going to take a look at the body, its members, and the head, uh, the unity of the body, the diversity of its members, and the centrality of the head. So that's where we're headed. And so first, first thing we're going to talk about is the body, uh, the unity of the body. And so again, Romans 12, verses 4 and 5. For as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. And so it's pretty clear. Put simply, what Paul is saying is that as in one physical body, we are one spiritual body in Christ. One, a unity, connected together as a whole. You know, it's really like the miracle that I witnessed this past Tuesday. I mean, it was was amazing. Some of you have seen this miracle before. Uh, Some of you will, and some of you may have even been a part of it. Uh, I'm going to call it the miracle of Mr. Garris. Now, Mr. Garris is a, he's a fellow believer. Uh, He is also a band director for the Williamsburg James City County School System. And what I witnessed on this past Tuesday was the all-district fifth grade band concert. And so I witnessed nearly 200 elementary school students brought together playing various instruments together with one voice, with harmony, and it made sense. And so that in and of itself was amazing, amazing that they could actually do this, pull this off, play together as one, a unity connected together. They were truly one band, one sound. And it was a miracle. Well, Paul emphasizes elsewhere in Ephesians 4. There is one body and one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. And here in Romans 12, Paul calls us to live in the unity that we have as the body of Christ. And then, then he takes us from unity to diversity. Diversity. So the second thing that we're going to talk about, that we're going to look at, is the members. The diversity of the members. And so again, verse 4, but this time going a bit further. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. And having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Let us use them to to build up the body. And so we see here that the unity of the church, that within that unity there is diversity among its members. 
different people with different interests, with different gifts, all given to benefit the body as a whole. As one of my seminary professors put it, it's unity not because of sameness, but because of uniqueness. It's unity not because of sameness, but because of uniqueness. In other words, we're talking about unity, not uniformity. Okay, we're talking about unity in diversity. And it's a beautiful and powerful thing. And clearly, it's a biblical thing. And so back to the, the miracle of Mr. Garris. So again, nearly 200 different elementary school students. And they were from four different schools. Okay, and when you just take each of those kids by themselves, I mean, in and of themselves, they are going to come as their own unique individuals. Uh, their own interests, their own level of enthusiasm for being a part of the band or not, but unique in, in, in and of themselves in so many different ways. And then when you take into account that the vast majority of these kids, like 95% or more, had never even played their specific instrument until just this past September. Okay, so in, in here, as they are gathered together, they are now playing 12, more than 12 different instruments, more than a dozen instruments I counted among these nearly 200 kids. I mean, talk about diversity. Well, it was the diversity when it was working together that made the unity so beautiful and powerful. So to, to echo uh, Paul later in 1 Corinthians, it's like the many members of the physical body all needed and all needed to work together. All needed. Now that brings us to a very important point. It's a point that all of us need to hear. And not just everyone here in this room, those who are not here. This applies to the people that you like. It applies to the people you do not like. But I want to speak it individually uh, to, to each of you this morning because it's very important for all of us to hear. And I would imagine some of you may need to hear this more today than others. And it's this. You matter. You matter. Regardless of how you feel, regardless of how others treat you, you matter. God has made you, and he has made you unique, and he has made you as a gift to be a gift to the body of Christ. As King David wrote in Psalm 139, you are fearfully and wonderfully made, crafted together by the hands of God in your mother's womb. And then David goes on to declare, Wonderful are your works, O God. That's you. A wonderful 
work of God. Uniquely gifted to love and to serve. No matter how you feel, and no matter how others treat you, you matter. Because it's unity in diversity. Many members in one body. But how does it all hold together? Well, that leads to our final point. And so the third thing that we're going to take a look at this morning is the head. The centrality of the head. And when we think in terms of body imagery, we're reminded of the need for the coordination of its many members. Because you see, sin has broken the members of the body. It has disfigured our diversity. And thus our differences often lead to disunity rather than unity. And we try, we try to be our own heads. But our heads are broken by the fall. I think of a, a, a good friend of mine uh, years ago. Uh, he he was, a, was a rock climber. In fact, not only a good rock climber, he was an expert rock climber. One of those guys that could hang upside down, defying gravity, hanging on hundreds, and feet, hang, hundreds of feet in the air, just hanging on by you know, his little pinky finger and his pinky toe, just in time for the photo op. Now, I had no idea how he could do that. And one day he didn't. One day he fell. And it was a horrific fall. And he crashed on the rocks below, and he had to be medevaced out of that canyon where he was climbing. And they didn't think that he was going to live. He shouldn't have, but somehow he survived. However, he survived with a severe TBI, a traumatic brain injury, something that still severely affects his life today. He struggles to think clearly. His, his motor skills are off. The members of his body now don't function properly. Well, without Jesus, we, the members of the body, can't function properly. And so when we speak of the church as Christ's body, we are reminded of who our head is. We are reminded that he is the perfect head, and that his name is Jesus, and that he is the one who holds us together and coordinates us as the various members of the body. Paul states in Ephesians 1, God placed all things under Christ's feet and appointed him to be head, head over everything for the church which is his body. It's in him, in him, that we are held together and coordinated as one. And we see that here in verse 5. Though many, one body in Christ. Though many, one body in Christ. And so I think again of the miracle of Mr. Garris and the all-district fifth-grade band concert. Because all bands need a leader. They need a band director. The band director being the head 
the one who directs the whole band by coordinating its members. And in this case, it was Mr. Garris. Mr. Garris was the band director who held together the body with all of its various members by directing, correcting, encouraging, guiding. One band, one sound. Unity in diversity held together and directed by the head. Well, again, Jesus Christ is our head, our perfect head. And we see him in this passage. In verse 3, and we're going to wrap up with this, uh, but take a look at this verse for a moment with me. And look with me there for Jesus. Verse 3, For by the grace given to me, I, Paul, say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think of yourself with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned, that God has given you. Okay, so where do we see Jesus? Where do we see Jesus here? Where, where do we see the centrality of the head? Well, it's in those two peculiar words, sober judgment. And, and I realize at first read, it may appear to be a real downer, huh? I mean, yeah, as if Paul were saying, think of yourself poorly. You seem too encouraged today, too optimistic. Think of yourself poorly. But no, that, that, that's not what he says. Look at what he says. It's a double exhortation. Do not think. Do think. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Do think of yourself in accord with the measure of faith that God has given you. The faith that God has given you. Okay, here's the deal. Faith, saving faith. Trust in Jesus. Saving faith, and we see it here, we see it elsewhere in Scripture. Faith is a gift. A gift from God. And who receives gifts? People who are loved. Gifts are given to those who are loved. And so if you have faith in Christ, then you have been given a gift from God, and thus you are loved. But here's the catch. This love... Well, this love is both humiliating and exhilarating. It's both humiliating and exhilarating. And that's the sober judgment of verse 3. Literally in Greek, sober judgment means accurate assessment. Accurate assessment. Because if we take the cross of Christ seriously, what do we see when we look? At the cross. Well, on the one hand, we see at the cross that our depravity is fully exposed. You are more sinful and flawed than you ever dared believe. Oh, it is way worse than you thought. But on the other hand, as we look to the cross, if we take it seriously, what do we see? We see that God's love is fully expressed. 
that in Christ you are more loved and accepted than you could ever dare hope. The good news is way better than you imagine. Or put another way, we come to the cross with nothing. Nothing except our sin. And yet at the cross, we receive everything. The love of God, the riches and righteousness of Christ. So, you can see, it's a love that's both humiliating and exhilarating. And again, that's the sober judgment of verse 3. Now, if I'm going to be honest with you, it is a lot easier to preach this than to live it. In fact, I struggle with this every single day of my life, going from one extreme to the other. You know the old pendulum swing, back and forth, back and forth, swinging from insecurity and hopelessness in my sin all the way back over to pride and presumption in God's salvation. From not thinking highly enough of myself to thinking too highly of myself. And I remember the day that one of our missionaries stood behind this very pulpit and looked out and said, if our lives are not continually grounded in the gospel of Jesus, then our lives will be tossed to and fro between arrogance and despair. And so what do I need? What do you need? I continually need Jesus. And you continually need Jesus. And we need, as the various members within the body of Christ, we need those who know and love us to continually point us to Him. Because, friends, we've got to hold those two extremes together. Our sinful depravity fully exposed And at the same time, God's amazing, unending love fully expressed. It's beautiful. It's powerful. And you see, that's the gospel lens that Paul takes us to here, that that Paul wants us to, to put on. Because it's through this gospel lens that we are to measure ourselves. It's through this humiliating, exhilarating love that we're able to truly connect with Jesus. And then through Him, with one another, as the body of Christ. And so with Paul, I say to you, think of yourself with sober judgment. Having an accurate assessment of yourself in light of the gospel through the gift of faith that God has given you as a beloved child of His. For in this, as the Apostle says elsewhere, in this we will grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which It is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. 
for our good and his glory. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this beautiful truth, this powerful love. And we thank you for making us each as as unique, fearfully and wonderfully made. And thank you for making us one in you. And so we would ask that now you would help us to live in that reality as we grow in love for you, one another, and for the hurting world around us.